Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Slavek Morawski, better known as Mind Footballness in social media circles. Slavek, a very big welcome to the show. Yes, that's that's my pleasure. Thank you for having me with you today. Hello, everyone. Um, Slavek, as we begin with every guest that comes on the podcast, please take us through your earliest football memory. Um, the earliest football memory. All right, then. Uh, definitely, I think it would be the the very first uh, thing where I made up my mind to to finish with some kind of like the. Uh, I never been a professional football player, so so the real passion for me started with the very good uh, memory of uh, taking charge of under under 15s in my local hometown where the, the for the very first time I thought like I'm actually gonna gonna be the man in charge. Of course it was a totally grassroots level but for from my point of view it was it was very important because I had so many ideas on my mind and uh, so many ways I wanted to to help the, the the boys to to improve in their in their football journey because everyone is living football on its own uh perspective its own experience so for me that was a very private and very emotional emotional time and getting into coaching at such a profound and early age Slavic I mean who were the earliest influences on you growing up in terms of coaching in terms of your analyst journey well, definitely, it it all, all also started um, by observing how Andrea Pirlo played, and actually, uh, I think, therefore, I play. I think that's the translation of uh, of his book, the title of his book. So the the way Andrea Pirlo was perceiving the game of football and how he acted on the pitch, I I said like, okay, this is that's for me. For me, that's the information how the central midfielder should play. But actually, even more than that, that's actually how every football action should be first perceived, planned, uh, and executed in the specific specific circumstances. So. Uh, I think it's uh, it's my favorite player of all time and also going to be, I hope, my favorite coach. But I know it's completely a different story to to actually going from from the playing to, to coaching. But that's the some specific philosophy. I started to to get a little bit from from many good managers. But actually, my main idea of football and what I do is to help in individual development and decision making for the players. So, a little bit from Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, Jurgen Klopp, Mauricio Sarri, every one of them has a very big impact on how the players are performing. And why not team coaching? Why is individual technical development more? Of, I know obviously it's a little bit of a niche, but how come it inspires you a little bit more in that team development piece? Um, actually, actually, I would say like I w- wouldn't really call it an individual technical development. It's just because every action for me has a technical and tactical dimension because everything you do in the team sports as a football is there must be an intention behind every movement you do 
uh, on the pitch. And basically, of course, it's like uh, having a better individuals. As the result, you will have a better team. On the professional level, of course, sometimes it goes both ways. Uh, sometimes it's just like uh, you have to focus on the short-term goals, winning the next game, having specific plan and tactical approach for the every opponent you're gonna face in the league. So you push a lot through to into the team tactics, but it's always an individual that can make a difference, can make a mistake sometimes, but this is up to the every individual how they act in the in the structure, in the in the system. So I I always believe that if you if you have a players that can sometimes create the game there they can be the game changers i think it's also very well related to what javier mascherano said a year or a few years ago he said that, that the hard working and the talent is not enough anymore in football the football intelligence takes a charge and basically what's the best about it is the best teams are usually the teams that have a lot of intelligent players. Why? Because it makes the team less predictable. And I think when we take a look at the modern football at the top level, as at its intensity, it's very demanding for the players. Constantly thinking, recognizing the, the their surroundings and being able to make a proper problem solving and decision making in in the key moments of the game and when did you begin subscribing to viewing the game of football from that lens because i remember looking at your earlier work slav and it was fantastic and but the earlier videos you used to put up on mind footballness there was a lot of position specific work now it's just general it's general kind of decision making and it's game intelligence Well, um, actually, it's a very good question because I, I never thought about it in that way. It was just always, always with me. Um, to be honest, there is a lot of uh, a lot of things in football from the individual perspective that has uh, that have a massive influence on the on the result. And for everyone, it was always easy. To, to evaluate the results, to see the external conditions, like what is visible is actually what is happening. But when you think as a player, a young player, and you want your players a little bit to, to follow this kind of development, you know that you cannot really achieve this kind of things in the recreating way. It is not like a copy and paste. Like if you do and do, do this and that, then this will be the result. The football is very unpredictable game and the game always belongs to the players. So I actually started to think what I need, what tools do I need to highlight for my players so they can actually express themselves in the very unique way. And that's where, where I noticed like uh, today we call it a scanning. For me, it was always more like uh, information search process, like perceptual activity, cognitive activity to 
to recognize the context of the situation. And if we could play with the specific goal, it's just like a guided discovery up to the player. What do you need to do to achieve the goal of the game? How are you going to do it? It's it's up to you. So it actually gives a little bit, like I like to say, the artistic touch of the for the every player. Every player can be an artist in, and express himself in a very unique way. That's what, uh, for me, individual development is all about. Because I never wanted my players to play like a Pirlo, Xavi, Fabregas, Busquets, or anything. Because I didn't want to limit their creativity. I didn't want to limit their identity and saying like, if you do this and this, you will play better. Oh, I wanted to highlight them on the video of the best players. Like, because of this tool, this is possible. How are you going to make it? And when are you going to make it? And why and where, etc. It's totally up to you. But if you're going to just follow the ball with your eyes, then when you get the, into the possession and you want to act, it will be too late for you. So what are you going to do about it? And uh, that's how it went. I I really wanted my my players to to be as creative as as possible in in these aspects. Fantastic. And I mean, one of the things you constantly speak about when you're putting up videos on LinkedIn or Twitter, so on and so forth, and you just mentioned there, you speak about football being a game of information, Slavic, and some of the crucial tenets to football being a game of information would be the intelligence and decision-making approach. Now, obviously, you've took your own deep dive into intelligence and decision-making. Um, what were some of the biggest gaps that you found when it comes to training methodology in football that omit the intelligence piece and decision-making? Uh, oh, this, is, this is a very nice question and very important because... The best way of, of learning for football players is always through the experience. Uh, but very often, at least in Poland, that the scanning is, is is being treated like some isolated kind of football activity. Uh, like, oh, all right, let's make a drill for scanning. It's It's like a running or kicking the ball. Like kicking the ball and passing the ball is not the same because I can kick the ball and whether you have it or not, it's uh, we will have a specific result. But there must be an intention behind every activity on, on the pitch. Iniesta used to call it a instinct and gut feeling. I also agree because deep in in in, in deep in 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 yourself, you you have it. You are thinking about it or having this in your mind unconsciously or subconsciously. But actually, um, the context and conditions are the most important uh, for the players because this never connects. I don't know. I'm sorry for for my poor poor English. Sometimes in this specific uh, specific um, nomenclature, specific vocabulary, <clears throat> what I mean is actually for some kind of thoughts, emotions, and activities. Um, in this aspect, uh, the brain needs to needs to sometimes needs to recognize the, the conditions, and then automatically it will provide you with some kind of specific 
process. It means like, for example, when I, in, in the childhood, I was bitten by the dog. Now, 15 years later, every time I see the dog, I feel a little bit anxious. Uh, or I, I have this thinking like, oh my God, I think the dog will not bite me again. It's just hap it just happens. So it's, it's the same like for creating a new habits and new thinking uh, pathways or, or schemes, whatever we call it. Actually, you, you have to experience something in this very specific context and conditions. So where I will train with you uh, the, the scanning in the isolated form, it can help you a little bit to wake up your brain, to, to boost it a little bit in the aspect of scanning. But in the crucial moment around the 60th minute of the game, there is a, like almost 100% of probability that you, your brain and you, you will come back to the old habits in these key moments because that's actually what my players are doing in Poland. Uh, and it's just step by step. They are already 21, 22, 20 or something. So, of course, they have a different structure or there is a different structure of the habits and they are rooted a little bit stronger. But the, the most important is uh, it these individual behaviors, uh, decision-making, scanning, progressive playmaking, whatever we call it, to actually improve these kind of things, the, the context needs to be provided in conditions. So 99% is small-sided games, but the small-sided games with uh, first the, the direction of play, uh, the specific goal that has to be achieved, uh, specific zones and specific number of the, the players. Uh, that's the most uh, important and I also learned it, of course, after a few years of, of working already, when I had more, I, I could touch this topic a little bit uh, deeper working with the with the players. Because the cognitive dissonance, as I call it, between the training and, and the real game, this, this dissonance is often a very big anchor for the players that is keeping them, like... And sometimes even brings them a frustration, like, I did it on the training, it worked, I, I know how to do it, but, oh, coach, I'm, I'm not good enough, I just, I'm dumb, these old habits came again, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 as a player, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really evaluate yourself like this, because sometimes this dissonance, like a difference between the training conditions and, and the real game situations is was just a too big, so you couldn't really stay on the specific level of focus, concentration, consciousness, whatever we call it, and you just, just also your brain didn't recognize a little bit, like, what's, what's going on in the real, real game situations. Also, intensity of information was, was different, so you couldn't process that. I have two follow-up questions to that, Slavak. The first one being, you spoke about Iniesta at the very start. Iniesta and your other idol, Pirlov, they speak about having that gut feel, that intuition for football, or intuition for finding a correct solution to the current problem. Looking at current football training models, does that seek to enhance the intuitive feel, or do you think it's even more than most nowadays taking away that intuition and feel from the player? You know, this this kind of instinct uh, and the gut feeling. Are you being born with it or is it a, a result of the 
many, many years of hard work. Sometimes it's like if, if you will speak to the martial artist uh, and you will find him in the dangerous situation, and it's it's well-known knowledge that even with the boxers or martial artists, they sometimes they act subconsciously. Like this is just instinct. I know what will happen. I, I look at you and, and if, if you want, if you're a bad person and you want to hurt me, then I rather know what you're going to do. This is the, the, the instinct. So uh, I think that this whole intensity and number of informations in the game that happens these days at the top level, it's very, very demanding. But if we take a look individually as the player, these days we have rather roles than positions in football. Many coaches talk like this. Like you have a specific role and the space on the pitch that you're responsible for instead of being fullback, center back, attacking midfielder or whatever. It's because the nature of the game is very unpredictable, uh, as, as I mentioned before. And actually, everything is happening in relation to the space, teammate, opponent, and goal that we want to achieve. Uh, there comes a speed distance, everything is a management of space. The, the Shavito said in this famous interview that everything is about the space and time. So if we take a look and we want to expand the player's consciousness in the game, we shouldn't really work like you need to concentrate on something because the 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 the, the, the path of your concentration is about that I need to concentrate on this and everything that appears in my level of consciousness, I need to ignore because I have to stay concentrated. Like this is about the man marking sometimes. I think even Pirlo mentioned that in in his book, that even in the in, in his on the beginning of his professional career, he was playing against the opponent that was following him for the 90 minutes. And he even asked him, like what fun do you have from the game? You're always next to me. You you barely touch the ball. You just you're just here. So that's the concentration. But if we talk about rather about the consciousness, is that you are like an empty glass. You're ready to receive and recognize everything that is appearing in your field of sight. So that's that's the way in in this way you're always able to make uh, the best decision. Of course, we need we need to have some conduct of or rules or priorities like in the in this area we have to prioritize the this specific direction or teammate or progress with, with the ball when to run when to pass uh it also brings me the into the very good thing that i heard from from Vincent company at, at at some webinar we we had he said like uh there is uh, in the scanning, you you have to recognize some threat or progression in in the game, and I think as a football player, sometimes they don't need all of this theoretical knowledge that I just mentioned. They just need to be aware. Like, if you're scanning, do you scan for progression or do you scan for a threat? Yeah, it's it's very intriguing. Like, there's multiple facets we can delve into there, but. It you know, it fits in nicely to my follow-up question, which is I had Adrian Tereskan 
who's head of trade and mythology at Lille under Paolo Fonseca. He was on the podcast a few weeks back. And Adrian is someone that has studied learning models and football to depth. You know, he's even the son of a, of a scientist, as we were speaking about on the show in France. But he was speaking, he made the pertinent point that um, a lot of learning models that get brought into football, they obviously stem from academia. And he says a lot of those learning models in academia are traditionally outdated. So obviously the ones going into football are outdated. I mean, is that something that you would tend to agree or disagree according to your own experience, Slavic? Because, again, working with individual development, Adrian speaks about, obviously, you may have 20 players under your remit. In his instance at Lille, he sees each player as their own psychological topic. Therefore, each player deserves their own individual approach. Oh, everyone is different. That's 100%. I 100% agree with that. And uh, it always depends on your working conditions. How do you, how can you approach that? If you're working more in the groups like a central midfielders or, or attacking players. But I totally agree with that. Everyone needs a little bit of a specific approach. But in my opinion, at the end of the day, it's... It's just about providing your players with the conditions and tools that they can actually take and express themselves uh, thanks to them. Because, uh, okay, uh, there are some players that need a really very simple instructions, very simple tasks, and work in a repetitive way, for example, with a change of the direction and shooting. That's also fine, but I I rather like to challenge my players with the some specific drills or small-sided games when they actually have a multiple decisions available. And what they're going to do is totally up to them as long as you achieve the goal of, of, of this game. And uh, how are you going to make it? It's up to you. If you will be happy with the results, then we have a success. Uh, and of course, we need to bring in the intensity and the intensity to actually come a little as close as possible to the real game situations. And I mean, delving so there, I will just say that there are not good and bad ways in the individual development. There are just different ways. Uh, and there are different ways to to achieve the same goal. We want our players to be to be better, to be satisfied with their development. And of course, I have to mention that hand in hand with that process goes the individual analysis as well. And I mean, delving a little bit more into the player development process, you just touched upon it there, analysts. I mean, how much work is it on the field? as a ratio of work in the classroom, working on the player's identity, so on and so forth. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if I heard you properly. There, There's some... Uh, yeah, of course. Some of the voice. Can, could you repeat, please? Yeah, so that fits in nicely. I was going to ask you, Slavic, about the player development process. I mean, you touched upon it nicely there, speaking a little bit of analysis. Looking at your own player development process, process for improving players, of course, how much of it is out on the pitch compared to in the classroom, compared to working on the mental approach of the player, the player's identity? Yeah, um, 
the, the well a, apart from working individual maybe not individual but working for the club here in Poland on the professional level I also still provide the services via mindfulness to to some players that are playing in the top uh, European leagues teams and we the players that are abroad we we mostly during the season we do the post game analysis the the game recap and also it's being supported by uh, by the feeds that I I keep sharing via my footballness uh, social media if there is some behaviors related to the players that I'm currently working on and we had some similar situations in, in the analysis I I'm just showing like I, thanks to that behavior you you there is also a way to how can you actually solve that problem or that situations in the future. When it comes to the club, uh, it's very similar. We are making during the season, during the competitive competitive season, uh, there is always post game uh, analysis, and two or th- three or four days after the game, depending on the length of the microcycle, we are also working at least two times in the week individually on the pitch in the small groups five to six sometimes even nine players depending on that if we are gonna do some drill for for the scanning with the opponents like a critical scan passing gaps uh or or the small sided games the the most important is the continuity of this of this process uh, and actually we we really try to follow improvement of uh, scanning and its influence on the decision making as much because many of these players have never worked in that way uh, before. We are in the season, so the methods that I it's actually the way that I have to adapt a little bit to these conditions. In the off season, of course, it's it's a little bit different, but the priority is is always the first touch. And actually, this preparation phase for the first touch. How 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 are you going to receive the pass, and how can you continue the the play? Because that would make some the biggest. That would takes the the most time. And I'm not saying that many players are doing it in the wrong way or something, but in the modern football, this first touch, uh, is so complex, and it it's it's very strong weapon. If if you do it properly, your game's gonna be easier. But uh, when I analyze, when I see a lot of players here in Poland, I see players that are facing some difficulties that are not being caused by the opponent. They are just being caused by your body orientation before receiving, by number of information that you try to find to continue the play in the 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 fastest way possible, or the direction you are controlling your first touch. If it's if you want to face the opponent and go with the dribbling, or you want to receive the backwards, or, or what? The, the the players are just like, oh, so I have the influence on that. I, 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 yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. If 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 I turn just a little bit and I receive facing the opponent, I have one maybe two second seconds more to to make a decision. And that's actually the detail, the small details like this in the individual development, they can make a really big difference afterwards. We are talking about the professional level, of course. And I mean, from the outside, 
not in the pro environment myself. I mean, looks like at times it can be such a basic skill, your first touch. However, coaching kids, coaching adults, still, obviously, there's a lot more to it. Were you surprised by beginning to work in a pro environment? How underutilized a weapon, you could say, a first touch and basic other skills are? That's actually, that's 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 really something because if if you take a look deep into it, into the details that the first touch is be, being composed of, it's very, very, very complex. Uh, but it's it's funny because it's also simple at some way. It's 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 simple. It's basic, but if you pay attention to the details and you really want to do something in the best way possible, you can actually see the 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 difference. Because I will tell you that the biggest truth that I <laughs> discovered working with many professionals, national team players, Premier League players, second division in Poland players. The difference between the good and the best is not in what you do good or bad. It's just about what you do or you don't do. Sometimes just the good players don't do some things that the best players are doing. If you if you not if you're not following the pre-orientation, pre-information phase be, before receiving the pass, if you're just looking at the ball. You're gonna have problems with your first touch. This, that's not that's any that's not anything unique. It's just if you're a pro player, if you're the best player, you you, you want to know as much as possible before getting into the possession of the ball, because then your life with the ball is easier and you're just able to make a better decisions, and that makes the difference. There's Everyone can play football and just receive, no option, give the ball back. Receive, go make a pass that actually will not help my teammate. If you're the best, you're going to receive progressively. Your first touch will, will set you in the conditions when you have three options instead of one option. And then you're going to use the best one and the pass you're going to make will be progressive or not. That's the way of communication. And the good players, very often, they're not communicating with the environment. Uh, communicating, I, I mean nonverbal. Everything, uh, where I'm looking at, the, the scanning is, is communication because you're receiving information from the environment, but also you're sending information. Everyone was very um, ad admiring for the Tiago no-look passing. Uh, and Thiago deceived receiving the outside food. I'm, I'm th I think you know what I mean. The, the way that mm -hmm. Thiago's first touch was with the, a little bit hesitation. That's all communication. I look like a no-look pass because and opponents are also observing. And the way you look sometimes can uh, expose your intentions. So the best players are doing it consciously. I, I, I need information. I made this analysis of Haaland and the Bruyne assist against Manchester United. It was a video on my social media some time ago. And it was a very specific moment when the eyesight of the Bruyne and Haaland met in one very specific point. And it was just right before the pass and the cat in 
run of Haaland. That's incredible. That's the best level. Incredible goal. There was, what, four scans from Haaland in the space of two, three seconds? Yes. That's what I mean. It's amazing. And obviously working at the pro level with the... Sorry? it, It was also amazing how Haaland positioned himself to make a dilemma situation for Varane. Like I, I'm looking at the ball or looking at Holland. That's that's the dilemma. That's also working with the information. You're gonna hide yourself because you are a source of information for your nearest opponent. If you are high hidden and I look at you, I cannot see the ball. So that's that's the if if you transfer the, the focus of the player, you also manage the information of him. Yeah, him. and if you look at the that quote, success leaves clues. It's something which you've put up in your channel in terms of you look at that blindside movement, Haaland, Lewandowski, Benzema, three of arguably the best in the world, all doing that same movement. It's quite incredible to see it in full flow. Yes. Yes. So, you know, basically that's the game is the best teacher itself and uh, the game is constantly changing. That's also the reason why it's so special for to to always discover the new concepts and to show how these sometimes simple tools in the good place and time are having a completely different value. Fantastic. And I mean, following on, obviously speaking about obviously the external side of things, Holland, Benzema, Lewandowski. I mean, you obviously get enough inspiration you get enough feedback right from working in a pro environment where you are because i'm sure there's no limit to the amount of games in which you're providing feedback and constant analysis so on and so forth on but i mean where else slavic at the moment now are you looking for inspiration in terms of gathering ideas and what does the process look like in terms of taking it from the notepad or the laptop to the pitch um no, no. From in, in in my personal example, I can say that it's always the game that that um, that provides you with with the positional concepts. Uh, everything is about creating or using the the advantage on the pitch, but you have you need to have this very uh, very detailed eye for for it. I always use the, the analogy that it's getting from the bigger picture with every step more and more into the in, into the details. We we have the team structure and the structure is being created by the specific formations. Formations are being created by the individual players in relation to each other and to the space and, and the ball. Uh, so every behavior, every activity that is being taken by the players it it gives you a little bit specific concepts that you can treat individually and uh, you then you you just work on it you you try to find some repetitive situations uh, in the players in the players behaviors and actually why they're occurring and what is the result that they're provoking it's the cause and effect relationship uh in in that aspect but uh, to be honest uh, it's like uh it's very difficult to to lock it lock this in uh in just a particular box because there's sometimes 
can be added something new in movement of the ball, movement with the ball uh, in the defensive or offensive phase of the of the game. We can really uh, we can really observe that even in the social media of football, uh, the, the the scanning was getting and is becoming more and more popular in football. Uh, half spaces, um, arrest defense, the third man run, all of these things are being created by the game itself also. Uh, so the knowledge uh, is there because it's it's unlimited. <laughs> Sometimes I make a really simple video analysis and very simple things I'm showing to my players. Sometimes things are getting more complicated, but of course, uh, it's it's them who are the, who are performing the these things. And sometimes, if if you leave them the space, the they the, every player can surprise you as a coach with with some specific solution of the of the situation on the pitch. And I mean, a lot of these learnings that you've had. Slavic, they've been cemented by some of the conversations at a higher level that you've had. Um, one of the things I speak to guests about the whole time is the Feynman technique, which is, you know, the best method of learning is sometimes teaching. And obviously you're putting out content. It's reaching thousands across various different platforms from Twitter to LinkedIn, so on and so forth. Also in the last year and a half, you've presented to the Belgian FA, the KNVB in Holland, and also the Polish FA. I mean, what have been some of the key learnings that you've took away in the past year and a half or so? Oh, that's that's actually something I'm the most grateful for. Uh, and even when I started my social media channels, there were many people asking me why you're making this free of charge. Why why you're showing it? I've seen it already in my previous club. I saw it on my course on the football association on my classes. There's always your logo. Some people are talking about it, but I can, everyone can just download it and have it. And and I said no 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 no. Actually, the fantastic Chris van der Hagen from the Belgium FA told me once when he visited Poland for for the university classes of football. That the knowledge has the value only when you are sharing it with others, and I was always saying that uh, I will never make my clips uh, to be accessible only for money because for me that's the bigger value that is following this, and that's exactly what you said. Me being in touch with these people, sometimes being invited to to speak on some conferences or courses, that's the learning process for me. That's something uh, I could never buy for any money. Uh, and maybe even that's the reason for me, the networking and attention and relationships with people that actually can see my work and find it useful and provide me with the feedback. That's very, very big value. And that's the, the reason I keep doing it for almost six years already. There was no week in the six years, no week that I wouldn't post a new video uh, once a week. So it's already really big library of the videos. And that's also my assets. When I take a charge in some new club, I'm getting in and I actually have some specific materials for every profile of the player uh, that is there with some concepts, skills, 
uh, and, and solutions on and off the ball. Everyone needs that sometimes because visualization for the players is always uh, very attractive. You you can tell them, they will understand, but you, you can show them and then they can repeat it. But of course, at the end, it's always experience. So you need to put them in this in this context so, so they can actually perform. But if they see it, there is uh it closes the margin of, of misunderstandings uh in between you the two of you. So if you if you can look at it, visualize it, then it's a lot of chance, a lot of uh, possibility that actually they will be more effective in their actions next next time. So even being here with you today, I don't know if we could ever met and talk if you would enter my website and you would see like buy the subscription to <laughs> mindfulness videos or something no no for me it wasn't because i i met a lot of fantastic people from the fantastic and really big clubs and i saw that they're very open like for me being on the ufb classes in 2017 and working with the kids and suddenly having the the zoom video call with uh Benfica, uh, the head of analysis, uh, Nuno Mauricio, for me, it was something like, I will never think about taking money for uh, for my videos again, because this is the lifetime opportunity to to, to have a feedback and learn from, from these people, having the good relationship with them. And when we look at the hierarchy... <laughs> Of importance really when it comes to personal development would you say networking is at the very top of that Slovak um, I, I don't know if I understand your uh, question yeah I, I would say like if we look at personal development and if you look at it it's never it never is but for the purposes of this conversation let's say if it was a top down pyramid would you have networking at its very core networking of of the most paramount importance when it comes to personal development and growth within the game of football mm. it is important uh, because networking actually allows you to to receive and send information about yourself or whatever your demand is of the of it uh, of course the knowledge is accessible for for everyone but Mm, football is is a very specific environment in in my opinion and uh, I, I really think that um, it can be the advantage not that this is advantage so it can only networking can only bring you the upper value uh, to to everything that you that you do Sometimes, uh, if, if if we can continue a little bit of topic, Poland is a post-communistic country. the The political system in Poland was changing every every decade, every year, uh, and some specific environments were not easily accessible for for people. So we can basically say it's easier for you to be a very good coach if you have been a professional player in Poland. I never played football professionally, not even semi-professionally. I played only on the amateur level. <clears throat> but then at the university, I said, I want to help the kids. I want to help the people 
through working with them to become better in what they do. And I wanted to, there are still more people abroad that know me than in Poland because my networking is mostly expanded to the international markets with the mind footballness because I always created the content in English. Many people ask me why you're not making it in Polish. Well, I'm not making it in Polish because I want to be the upper value for, for Poland. I want to bring the Western ideas, learn from people that that saw a little bit more than I did. And then I want to ha- I want to help also work by working in Poland. And Poland, Polish environment never asked about me. So why should I? I? I used to work for two or three international organizations in Europe and uh, America. But I'm now only in the third club in Poland. Um, and it's still like many people don't know me here. I don't say it's bad. But networking a little bit determines your, your, your value and your opportunities for professional development. And I mean, looking at mindfulness again once more, Slavek. I mean, obviously, the platform's been running now for a few years. How do you see the platform and its content evolving over the next few years? Mindfulness. That's not a platform. I just post on my LinkedIn or on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and and actually, I, I was never looking at, at the benefits and the results. So. I don't have a specific destination that I I would like to see by my footballers in the next few years. My footballers development program, which is uh, providing the professional athletes with the individual analysis, it always comes naturally. Like the some player is adding me on Instagram or some player is adding me on Twitter. We just have a chit chat conversation because it's always a big privilege for me to to be followed by top players really top top players of course i'm i cannot say who exactly it is and I, I, with some of them i'm not even working but if if we have a national team player of the very good team in europe uh, with the euro and world cup qualifiers etc it's always a fantastic experience for me because that's exactly also how I, how i learn not only by the coaches but working with the players some of them are really smart really intelligent and that's I'm growing but uh, thanks to them also. So it's always a value for me. But I will just keep continuing sharing my my content on uh, free for every every person. Of course, some people will never send me a message. They will just download the clip and use it for them. It's I'm okay with that, but I always appreciate every single message. I I receive from from people like thank you for sharing, thank you for I don't know, making this free to 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 have um, or whatever. Sometimes I also get invited by doing some workshop in the academy or meeting with the coaches. So basically, by making the videos for the people and for the players, I'm making them for for myself because that's what I get in exchange. The the the, the people. Um, feel that I can that's the main reason why I started to to help people be better and if they can have the clip make better see the game a little bit differently or taking their youth player look this is what I found on the internet and this kid will get better that's that's it that's it that's the best for me 
fantastic. And I'm pretty sure that you're fulfilling that mission and uh, or you will completely fulfill that mission on a daily basis, Slavek. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I mean, someone as well, like yourself, before we wrap this up, who's working at, you would say, the highest pinnacle when it comes to football at the pro level. What's something now that you're looking at, Slavek, that's currently overlooked or ignored by most coaches and analysts, but it will be studied in the near future? For me, it's it's what I would like it to be. It's uh, player's body profile in every specific moment of the game. I mean, but, but I use the body orientation. I don't know if it's the proper word, but but for me, both in the offense and the defense, how your body profile is towards the ball and the direction you want to play, it's. It influences everything. There was on Tuesday there was a Polish Cup final between Legia Legia Warsaw and and Raków Częstochowa, the current upcoming champion. Two of the best sides of football in Poland. And in the sixth minute of the game, Legia player got the red card, and the, the whole final that the Legia had to play it within the ten players. Because their left wing back body profile on the step forward caused that the sudden pass in behind the defensive line uh, and the, and the striker that was already facing the direction of the run, uh, it it forced uh, this this defender to turn, and even though he's faster, it was already too late to catch him, and he made a sliding tackle red card and thank you goodbye, simple body profile, a professional player. Polish Cup final, body profile. Then you make a mistake and you out. <laughs> so my central midfielder in my team, we play for our life. He's supporting the, the winger from the inside and approaching him in the forward, forward weight, like shoulders and hips. And with the first touch, he, he wants to play direction to the goal. But he's turning his body a little bit too late and his body orientation, his profile is too high. And the ball jumps and he lost the possession. Has to follow the guy to the center of the field. Foul and the yellow card. 20, 20th minute. Uh, and we can say that, no, you need to control better uh, to the defender. No, you need to be faster. You need to catch him. That's... There, there is no content of information in, in, in that message. That the message should be control your body profile. The, the, the thing, if, if, if I want to play there, how, how should I position myself to, to, to see and eventually to decide if, if I want to play there, the body profile. If, 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 if you are not that fast as, as the opponent that is facing you because you need to turn, how are you going to position your body body profile to to anticipate the run and to be there first with him i i i think it's uh it's a very 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 deep and very very uh, detailed aspect of football because basically it's conditioned i i think there are not two the same situations during the football match when your body profile should be exactly the same 
it's always different. So it's always the aspect of prioritizing the, the informations that you need to have on the specific moment. So if if we are in the buildup and I'm in the center, I should prioritize the threat because we don't want to lose possession in this moment. So I will put my body profile in the mo in, in the aspect to see the ball and the opponent. But if we are in the creation phase and or in the finalization phase, in the final third, when the ball is on on, on, on the outside area, then I'm gonna put my body profile to, to, to see where the body is coming from and the the space I, I wanna get in. And it this is the because you cannot tell the players be like this or be like this or be like that. It's never like this. So that's why actually we we really have to go in the tricky way to to help the players to understand that. So this that's is like a lear learning specific behavior by learning to think about it. I think Xavi said that in one interview, like in La Masia, they are studying and being learned how to think about the game to play without thinking or something like that it this is this is very similar so i want to teach you how to maintain your body profile correct without telling you about the body profile but uh, rather telling you about uh, what this body profile should bring you i think we've gone full circle on this podcast we speak about training the gut instinct <laughs> but, um... full circle perfect circle but um, I mean, to wrap up and to close the loop, I mean, Slavek, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm thoroughly fascinated to learn more about you and your own journey with mindfulness and the content you're putting out there to the masses, which I think has been extremely insightful. And looking at the engagement below or alone has reached masses all over the world. But before we wrap it up, I mean, I end every podcast by asking a guest. I mean, what would be the one bit of advice you'd have for people, aspiring coaches, analysts, who'd wish to follow a similar path such as yourself? Well, the, the, there is only one advice uh, that I always, that keeps me going for so many years with the ups and downs in, in football. Uh, working in football, being sacked, fired by the club, being jobless for two months, waiting for another club if it's going to come or not. Uh, but I never forget why I'm doing it. So for for me, it's just to, to, to have this feeling that some people can feel better, can become better by working with me, by by using what I do. And it's always the most important is to find some specific way to express yourself because I know that as a coach and analyst, I'm not a perfect person, but I was always finding the biggest fun and the biggest inspiration with doing it to actually give some part of myself to to the people. And I think it's it's always the the most important and everything is just a result. We say that in football, you need to work thinking about the result, thinking about the goal. Uh, but actually in individual development, both for coaches and players, the, the way, the path is is the biggest value, not the destination you're going. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out because sometimes the world just cannot give everything to you at the moment. So think about the way. And then eventually you will turn around and look uh, behind yourself and you will notice that, okay, Maybe that's actually something that I was able to to accomplish. 
So it was a big pleasure for me to be here and sorry once again for my poor language. I know there are still many things I would like to say differently, but it's already too late. <laughs> but, Not at all. Uh, I think that you know, studying a little bit more English should be on my task list to do for the near future. Not at all. I think we all understand you perfectly. Well, Slavek, I think there's enough there to begin around to begin conversations for around two in the near future. Once again, have to thank you so much for coming on. That was a, a real pleasure, and I wish all the best for you and everyone who who was able to to listen to us today.